Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today, because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold, but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... What? Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How great thou art, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to your name. Hallelujah, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 How great thou art, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to your name. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that precious blood. Oh, will you join with me now as we pray in the Spirit and intercede before God this day? Oh, namarandi di bola kalo sandi di bandi di ariata ramba baba dombi di kende di bahasana hasande he sondi mini ki di bisi tabada bosumuluria halena hasinda di demene karanda di debata hom baba baba botusu barinde te te di belata barande nenenge negano mukore bedende di baria. Vrata bada baba sopa topa da bada 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 basonda bada bande harenke nende de te he she te bili be se bili botare li bebe hapaba batu samara te li be chi bili bande li be te harikarande li busana hadanjare li be hatare li be hasindare li be ndiri li ori atatata hosandanda danda musangana kadande li be sarabarente hallelujah hallelujah. If you've had pain in your shoulders or have had problems lifting up your arms, I'd like you to come on down front here. I just sense the Lord saying there's an anointing here to pray over shoulders. If there is something with your shoulders this morning, come on down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just continue to pray in the Spirit as we call out to God. You're the healer and the life giver. We Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now you that are here at the altar, I'd like you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, Jesus brought healing. And I receive healing in my body, my shoulders, my arms, my neck, and my upper back. The moment I'm prayed for, healing flows through my body. I am healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, be healed according to the word of God. Be healed according to the word of God.
Arms be healed in the name of Jesus. Shoulders be healed in the name of Jesus. Healed in the name of Jesus. Every one of these arms, every one of these shoulders, every one of these ligaments and muscles and bones be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, 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 be free, be free, be free, be free in the name of Jesus, be free in the name of Jesus. Dikando kodonde de de bosala hatanda, ichamba na kodonde de de bansa na namando de de bosala baranda. Harerebebe pain be gone, discomfort be gone. Idamado boson tare de basala kolota de de baba de manari atore, vindon bine manande de basala balakala bakasha de de basabata de Ni mana karore badandi di baso mana hoso bada Now feel free, just lift up your hands before God. Just move them back and forth. Things where been have been discomfort. We command that discomfort to be gone. Be gone, be gone from these bodies. Be gone in the name of Jesus. Healing flow now in Jesus' name. Oh namana da lobo son namanandi di bara karande di bete. Hala haso sapa papa papa usat kinde he sende he sunta manda da dabata. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. I receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Oh, let it work on down through the whole body, Lord. For we know it's all connected there. Let it work all the way down the spine, all the way down through the hips. All the way down to the feet, out through the arms and the hands and the fingertips in the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Churches, I pray, I'd like all of us to just receive this same word together. So will you join me as I speak out in faith? If you're putting your faith out there today for the things of God, let's go ahead and repeat it together. Lord, I'm a worshiper. I have come before you with my heart open. I am ready to receive everything you have. I am a spirit being. I have a soul and I live in this body and I am a three-part being and I receive from you Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Now pour out your glory in my life, for I am a worshiper of the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father. 
We receive everything you have this day. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. And all God's people said amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Well, shake hands with someone, hug somebody's neck around you, and then you may be seated. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Um, why we are waiting for the kids to come in, we've got our kids' choirs today. Let's video Xander. Uh, normally we take time to pray over a missionary that's out on the foreign field, but I wanted today to show you a video that we have of a pastor who is up in Montana and uh, working with the Crow Indian Reservation. He actually grew up up there, and his name is Pastor Ken Pretty on Top. Hallelujah. Oh, Indian names, aren't they fun? I think if my Indian name was given to me, it would be Pastor Scott Gray Hairs on Face. So, have we got it ready, Xander? Go ahead and play it for us, would you please?
Praise the Lord. Now, before the kids sing, we're going to take a moment. We're going to be praying for them. When I saw this video a couple weeks ago, I began praying about what we were to do and what was supposed to be coming up. And it touched my heart in such a way that I knew something else was going to begin to happen. So, you know, down at the Oasis, we get lots of things in every single week, especially this time of year with yard sales and things going on. People take the extras and they bring it all down to the Oasis. And uh, so when I called and talked to Pastor Ken and started sharing what we're doing, asked him to pray about it, they're in transition right now because his son, who's Pastor Ken Pretty on Top Jr., is in the process of taking on the responsibilities of pastoring the church. And so as we started to pray together and to talk and share, I asked about winters up there because they are surrounded up in the Rocky Mountains. And they are in Montana. They're about 100 miles, a little more than 100 miles northeast of Billings, Montana. So Billings, or Montana itself, North and South Dakota are right by it. And there's a, a line between North and South Dakota. If you went straight across, you would run into this area this called uh, the uh, Crow Agency, Montana. There are nine Indian reservations, nine tribes that are up in Montana. And so as we started praying, they said, you know, January comes, we're not talking wind chill here, we're talking regular temperature can get down to 40 below zero. And I said, you know what, I have a completely filled room that is full of winter clothing. And I said, I believe we're supposed to make arrangements to get a truckload of this up to you guys up there in Montana. And they started to pray about it, and we contacted each other again on Friday, I think it was Friday afternoon. Uh, was it Friday afternoon or Thursday, honey? Afternoon, he called back, and uh, I said, okay, we're going to be praying to thing by and take and send this truckload up, and then you can give everything out to as many people as you want to. And I said, we got it all for free, so you just give it out to everybody. He said, we've talked to the elders here within our church. They believe it's a God thing. Let's go ahead and believe the Lord to put a date together. So... Thank the Lord. You know, when, as we get extra, in the past, there's been either places that have had tornadoes or hurricanes that we've sent supplies off to. And every time we would contact people in these places in, the, in this uh, earlier part of the year, they would all say, we've already got things. We've, this has all been taken care of. We don't need anything extra. We're in good shape. So when this came up, I just knew it in my spirit that there was a divine connection happening there. So we'll keep you informed on what's happening. But uh, when we were upstairs yesterday with the group of the Young Lion and Lioness Club and then with God's Generals, some of the last things of winter downstairs up. And that room is busting. So let you know and come mid-July, we're going to be loading up a truck and getting that up to Montana. And we'll be helping this church as they reach out. There's approximately 8,000 people that are in this particular reservation. So if you took the city of Solvis itself and just uh, sat it with, with nothing else around it, that would be the amount of people that we're going to be helping and reaching out to. So let's pray for these folks and for the Crow Indian and for the power of God to fall. That, that little red building that you saw, that was their old church building. And God supernaturally moved, and they have continued to grow and expand. And uh, we just want to see the Lord move throughout all of the Indian nations that are represented still in our country. 
Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we hold up this entire group right now, Pastor Ken and his wife Hannah and the church there, and I thank connections throughout all of the reservation. We thank you now for the spirit moving truly, see lives changed, and the power of God and revival break out amongst the Crow people. We ask you now to bring divine connections, bring the resources together for the truck and expenses and everything it'll take to get it up there, and we give you glory and praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray, amen. Amen, amen. All right, Pastor Rachel, which group you want up first? Critterland, come on up here, guys.
Terrific job, you guys, both groups. Let's give them snaps today, all right? Oh, yeah, there you go. I <laughs> oh, love it. Praise the Lord. Well, our God is a good God. Amen? As we call out to him, he moves supernaturally. As we wait on him, he carries out his will and purpose in our lives. And uh, praise God. Thank you for working with the kids and all that are in there sharing with the kids. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles today to the book of Acts 17. Acts chapter 17 and verse 6. The apostle is here in the community of Thessalonica. And in verse 6, it starts out and says this. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. The early church was known as being world changers. They weren't waiting for the world to change them. They were willing to make a difference and change the world. I believe with all my heart that one person can make a difference. here just about being a motivational speaker. That's not what I'm trying to speak about here. I'm wanting to speak to you about being a world changer. Because sometimes Christians and other people feel completely helpless. What's going on in their world, the activities that are spinning out of control, or even in their own personal life, sometimes things just get a little bit crazy. But know this, the reputation of the early church was to be world changers. And think about it. The message of the gospel came into this community of Thessalonica. Later on, we hear all about the church there in Thessalonica. We have First and Second Thessalonians, the books that were written to them. Much of it about the return of the Lord and the power of God. See, the church was being empowered to do something. I believe with all my heart that the church of Jesus Christ is rising up, not only here in America, but all over the world. The church is rising up and saying, no, 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 we're not going to let our culture shape us. We will shape the culture. And sometimes when it looks like the control of what's happening in our world is in the hands of crazy people, I want you to know the Bible completely reminds us we are led by the Lord. We, the believers, have power over the gates of hell. We have authority that's been given to us to speak to evil, to bind it in the name of Jesus Christ, and see the power of God come back flowing into our lives and into our world. Now, as we go further on here today, I want you to realize that in Thessalonica, just like this one who went and he couldn't find the original apostles that were there, so he takes one of the other people who've been transformed and he drags them in front of the city leaders. What would happen if you got drug in front of your mayor? What would happen if you were brought down to the local police station and they said, these are the people that are preaching about Jesus and don't they know that we have rejected him? We are in charge of our own destiny. Now I know sometimes it may look like you have a voice that is very silent and quiet, but I want you to realize God gave you a voice that is filled with power. 
And whether you've experienced that power or not, you and I have the authority that if we see junk on television, we can turn it off. We don't have to just sit back and say, well, you know, now it seems like every television show has got some kind of a homosexual couple kissing or giving the look at each other that would only happen between a man and a woman that were married or this or that goes on. You have the power in your hands. And I'm not talking about just boycotting something for the sense of boycotting. I'm talking about knowing that God has power and authority that he's given to you. You have the keys of the kingdom. Now let's use the keys. Let's lock the devil out. Let's lock him out of our family. Let's lock him out of our schools. Let's lock him out of these things that are going on in our world and take authority back into our hands. We, the body of Christ, have knit ourselves together with other believers that are praying all over this nation and people that are all over the world. You see it constantly in our missions updates and the things that we are doing. I'm telling you, God is in the midst of this community and in the midst of this world, and he's stirring everything up. Well, Pastor, I don't know. I, I don't see it stirring up in my home or in my family or in my community. I hear you say it here, but how do I do this? What goes on? It's important to know that every one of us are the ambassadors of the Lord. Every one of us go out there and make a difference. That means you begin to talk. You begin to share. You start conversations. You look for ways to let the gospel be planted. I'm so thankful that someone came to the little church that I was a part of and shared the good news of Christ. See, never forget your testimony. I've said it a gadillion times. You know, over you share things many different times. But if that group of lay witness people had not come to our church, they were not paid professional clergy. They were people that sold insurance. One guy's name, I mean, just his name itself made you laugh. His name was Cal Klopp. He sold State Farm Insurance over in Bettendorf. Cal Klopp all kinds of other people that were there. And they started talking about how Jesus touched their life. Would you be that witness to somebody else? Would you realize that as they started speaking the word, some of these people rejected it in Thessalonica. But that's not your job to worry about the people who reject Jesus. It is our job to share the good news. Because the more we share it, somebody's going to grab onto it. Some boy, Scott Cully, that is out in the audience of listening to what you're saying at work, some co-worker that's out there, what's, it's going to resonate in their heart. And it's going to rise up and they're going to say, I believe that. I believe it. I, I, I want everybody to get saved. But you know, some people are going to reject Jesus. They, they just will. It's happened all throughout history. And yet we have an obligation to share the good news. When we do that, then it's left up to every person how they will respond. Uh, I tell you, this past week, uh, I did a funeral for a particular family that, uh, man, they hated each other. They all had restraining orders against each other. They weren't allowed to talk to each other. They weren't allowed to express themselves. The judge had said they could all go to the funeral together as long as nobody incited any, is, uh, any issues. Talk about a tough crowd to preach to. Man alive. Uh, one of the family members came up to me and said, I looked up some scriptures I'd like you to read. And I said, well, I've already got everything all put together here. Uh, I'll be happy to look at them. The scriptures had nothing to do with anything. 
So I went to him and I said, now, were these your mom's favorite scriptures? Oh, no, she never read the Bible. I said, are they your scriptures? No, no, I just thought they looked good. One was all about death. One was about somebody being put to death. You know what? That wasn't for me. I went ahead and I just ministered life to him about Jesus. And here was everybody sitting there looking at each other. They didn't like each other. They didn't want to be with each other. And yet they were hearing the gospel. My job is to present the gospel. Your job is to present the gospel. Before I ever became a minister, I presented the gospel. You just take it everywhere you go. Something comes up, you find a way to respond as a Christian. Well, I don't know if I know how to respond as a Christian. Stop that. Yes, you do. Hmm. See, we've talked about this at different seasons of the year. Football season comes around. Who can tell me the team that Katie Coons and the Rath family roots for? Who can tell me what the team is? Is it the Packers? Which team is it? The Bears. They wear shirts that say the Bears on it. They don't walk around shirts saying, I'm undecided. I'm undecided. I'm going to vote for the Dallas Cowgirls. Isn't that the name of the team, Brad? They're a team of cheerleaders that have people who throw football around too, something like that. You see, people promote what they are a part of because it comes out of their lips. They talk about it. Never be ashamed of Jesus. Find ways to talk about Jesus. Something good comes along, find a way to say, praise the Lord. Well, Pastor, I don't say that here. Listen, this is the safest place to say it. We like praise the Lord. You don't have to say holy cow here. You say holy cow here, we're going to say only in India. It's important to let your verbiage express what's in your heart because what's in your heart has changed your life. And if you've given your life to Jesus, something powerful has happened. The Jews through the years have had battles that have come up. They have been attacked on every kind of angle. I, I would like you to think in mind here what we just read about the people who turned this town upside down and their world upside down. Go back with me in the Bible in the Old Testament to the book of Second. Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles and chapter 20. Now most of us know about in chapter 7 when the scriptures say, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, then I will heal their land. But let's go back a little bit further here. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, look with me if you would, at verse 14. 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 14. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Zahariel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benen, the son of Jireel, the son of Matina, a Levite of the sons of Aspha, in the midst of the assembly. 
Why is this so important? Because they're wanting to tie together a godly heritage. You know, you are setting a godly heritage. If you've had other family members that have been born again, hallelujah. But if nothing, if you're the very first one in your family to know Jesus, you are establishing a heritage. So that as your children, as your grandchildren go up, they will know the presence of God. And even if they personally have not accepted Jesus yet, they know you have because you're sold out to the Lord. Look at verse 15. And he said, listen, all of you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat. Oh, my. Here was someone who was not only speaking to everybody else, but he started to speak to the king. We may not have a king in this land. We may have governors. We may have senators and representatives. We may have a president, a vice president. We may have Supreme Court. We may have different names for all these people. But I want you to understand, when you are in prayer, you are speaking out in faith what you're believing for. You don't have to just talk to people, but you are speaking out in the spirit realm. And the demons of hell hate it when you stand in faith in prayer. But the angels of God... Get in line and say, Hoo-hoo, we're going to work today. They're ready to carry out what you're speaking and believing for. It goes on here after he says, King Jehoshaphat. Then he says, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Would you say that with me? For the battle is not yours, but God's. One more time. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them, and they will surely come up by the ascent by Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Who is with you, O Judah and Adam? Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out them, for the Lord is with you. Verse 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah... And the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Let's stop there just for a moment. They humbled themselves before the Lord. Sometimes people give up. Sometimes they look and say, it's just politics as usual. You can't believe any of them. You can't trust this. You can't trust that. Pastor, we've been praying for people to be touched for a long time, and you don't see big changes happening in their heart. I want you to realize nothing will happen if the people of God don't stand in faith and pray. We're not in a crapshoot. This is not a chance thing. This is not an issue that somebody's going to roll the dice out there. Now, sometimes people say, well, if it's not God's will, it's not going to happen. God does nothing on the earth except that we pray. Remember those scriptures? He said, you keys of the kingdom. You have the keys. You're in the driver's seat. You're the one who, when you pray in faith, believing, that's when God moves. Now, we cannot force God's will on anybody. You can't force people to be saved. You can't force people to do the right thing. But we can put the word out there, and they have an opportunity to accept. They could reject. King Jehoshaphat could have rejected it. 
They had other battles that had gone on. They had fought at other times. Listen, there are going to be times you're going to have to do your part of standing and believing God, and you're going to have to take on the gates of hell. But there are other times you're going to hear the voice of the Lord just speak to you and say, stand still and praise me. Stand still. You don't praise him for the problem. You praise him for he has the answer. But he starts it out by saying to them, the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. Do you know today Israel is still being attacked on every side? When you think about it, when you look at the nation right in the middle where the attacks come, they've got the ocean on one side, they've got land on the other. All there is is a 35-mile distance between the shore and from the other borderline. And so when people sit back and say, well, why is it such a big deal that Israel has nuclear capabilities? Why is it such a big deal that they have to defend themselves all the time? First of all, God gave them that land. And there are outside forces that are trying to come against them all the time, trying to hold them back. Yeah, but pastor, they rejected Jesus as being the Lord. God gave a promise to them. And I'm telling you that after the rapture takes place, the Bible makes it very, very clear that there will be people that will start preaching the gospel in Jerusalem and to Jews everywhere, and they're going to start getting saved. Not just the Jews for Jesus movement that's out there. Thank God for them. Thank God for the messianic congregations that are already in Israel. But something's going to take place. It doesn't say that every Jew will accept Jesus, but there's going to be a landslide of Jews that come to Christ because God gave them a promise. And you can know this, God's integrity is still true today. When God makes a promise, he means for it to be kept. He will do his part for you and me. Yeah, but I, I don't always get to see those answers, Pastor. Sometimes, even like the video you saw, sometimes we're just doing the prep work for what is yet to come. King David brought all the supplies together that needed to be there to build the house of God. And yet he didn't build it. His son did. Solomon built that temple. Well, I want to see everything. I, I know what, I want to see results too. I want to see my community acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. I want to see people get victory over their lives. But I want to do all my part to prepare for what's ahead because the battle is the Lord's. Now, King Jehoshaphat, man, he was smart. He yielded to God at this point, and he called for a time of prayer and fasting. He called for people to humble themselves before the Lord. Look at verse 20 through 22. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures for... Verse 22. Now, when they began to sing and to pray, Lord searches against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come up against Judah, and they were defeated. 
Let's stop for a moment. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. What a simple phrase, but yet it was something that was from their heart. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Would you say that with me? Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. One more time. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. The whole army, the people that were there, that knew they were under attack, were not going to give up. You are under attack. You are under attack in our culture. The things that you value and hold true to your heart are under attack today. Yeah, but pastor, there's some things in our past we're not proud of. I'm not proud of the broken treaties that were given to Indians. I'm not things towards... I'm not proud of the things that have been done toward generation after generation of people that have come from other lands that have been put down and put in bondage. But I still am proud of my nation for when they call out to God, God begins to move on their behalf. There is no such thing as a perfect nation. But this nation that we have is the one God gave us. I'm proud of the men and women who served in it. I'm proud of the people who have given so much that we could be blessed like we are. But now we have an obligation for the generations of people that will come behind us if the Lord does not come soon. We have an obligation to make this place a better place. To make this place a place that honors God and will see his blessings come. Talk about an unusual strategy for war. He said, let's put the praise band out front. You ever wonder where the name of the... The whole idea of the bugler and the flags that were put out in front of our armies when they would go out was because of this verse that you're reading about today. The bugler's sound was to proclaim... Now get this. It's not talked about much. But the bugler's charge that was put out front was to be the trumpet of God. Man, makes you want to learn how to play the trumpet. I don't know where the drummers were. They were probably in the back someplace. It's important to understand there was a strategy going on. You know what? God has a strategy for you. God's not surprised with what's going on in your life. And yet sometimes you can almost feel a little bit overwhelmed. You can almost feel that the enemy has got the upper edge on you. But when you get the word deep down in your heart and you realize that you're a praiser, you're a worshiper, you are a child of the king, something is up in you so that when the enemy is attacking, you don't have to wait for somebody else to fight your battle because the battle is the Lord's. So the praisers are out front. The worship team's out front. Glory to God. Thank the Lord for music. Thank God for the ability to sing and to worship God. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Drop down to uh, verse 23. And the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. These three groups were all attacking Israel. Now all of a sudden, Ammon and Moab stood up to fight against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. And when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there, were, there they were, dead bodies, and had escaped. 
when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoils, they found among them an abundance of valuables on their dead bodies, precious jewels, which they stripped off of them, more than they could carry away, and they were three days gathering the spoils because there was so much. Not only were they going to have victory, but now they were going to have provision. Think about that. Maybe you're under an attack with your finances. Maybe something has come up that it just seems like there are little things nibbling away at you all the time, and it always seems like you're broke, that you don't have anything. I'm telling you, God wants to bring victory into your life, into your family so much that just like Jehoshaphat and the praise band, as they came up on top of the overview and looked down in the valley where the battle, they had already seen all their enemies defeated and laying out in front of them. Get cancer under your feet. Let's get heart disease under your feet. Let's see every attack of the devil with strokes and all kinds of mind diseases put underneath the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's see these lying attacks of Satan that are trying to destroy people in our world today defeated because we are standing in front of God. We are praising him. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, it doesn't have to be so serious, does it? Oh, listen, folks, when you love somebody and they're under an attack, don't you get serious? You don't sit back and say, oh, let them deal with it themselves. Man, who cares about them? I'm living my life. No, when you love someone, you would do anything to help them. When you love someone, you will stand your ground in defending them. There are times that you all know as mothers and fathers that when your child was sick, you may have room on the floor. You may be sat beside them. You may have held them. You may have put them in temperature. Do everything possible to help out. You did everything you could in prayer before God because you love them. Jesus loves you. Ah. Does he love you? We try with worship and praise. We try with our prayers in English and in tongues. We try to express what that love is all about. But I got to tell you, I think our words fail us most of the time to describe how much God loves us. How merciful he is. I mean, think about the times that you know that you have broken God's word. Please don't confess anything. That's not what this is about. I'm telling you, there are times every one of us have done the wrong thing, knowing that it was a thing, but we still did it. Then afterwards, we felt empty inside. Afterwards, we thought, you know what? I, I knew this was wrong, but I shouldn't have done it, but I did. Yet God's mercy is still holding out for you and me. His mercy is out there saying, come to me and I'll give you rest. That's the message of the gospel. That's the power of God. There was so many things left on these dead fallen soldiers that when the children of Israel went and started taking those off of the dead bodies, it took them three days. Can you imagine how much gold, how many jewels and diamonds that were all there, how many other valuables that were there? Pastor, why did they take all that stuff into battle? You know what? When you're confident you're going to win, you act a certain way. These enemies thought they were going to come up against this measly little nation of Israel. 
They were going to defeat them easily and take their land and all their spoils. Sometimes when you feel a little overconfident, you get a little bit cocky about things. Sometimes you want to dress up and look your very best because you think you're going to just walk in and triumph. These people came in loaded, and God had a way at that very moment of taking what was the enemies and putting it in the hands of God. It may look right now that our schools are out of control when you watch some things in different school districts, but I'm telling you, God's ready to take our schools back. God's ready to take our cultures back. God's ready to take the bathrooms back. Hallelujah. Who would have thought we would even have to bring up anything so stupid? But yet, it is constantly in front of us. And now if you say, well, no, 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 you should use the bathroom that you, you, know, you have the sex part for. Excuse me for being so blunt on that. If you're a girl, you're a girl. If you're a guy, you're a guy. Now you have to make a choice. What are you going to do? And, and legislators are standing up, oh, no, 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 no. We, we just want everybody however they feel. So today, however you feel, wow, I, I feel like I'm six foot tall. I feel I could play for the Lakers. I'm a basketball player. I'm a Harlem Globetrotter. Do, 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 do. Woo! Oh, it went in. I saw it. I perceived it. You didn't see it? You have the problem, not me. You know what we would tell a person like that? We'd say, you're crazy. <laughs> Pastor, we've known that about you for a long time. But now if you say you're crazy to somebody, oh, you hateful person, you don't have a right to say I'm crazy. Yes, you do. There is right and wrong. These children of Israel went ahead and chose to do what God said, and God brought victory to them. I want you to be able to speak to the enemies that are out there that they do not have a chance because you're a worshiper. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Your school, your home, your community, your stores, every place you go, you are the people of God. You're not a hater. You're just saying, come to the Lord and be set free. Come to the Lord and see and experience the presence of Almighty God. Look down at verse 26. And on the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Barachak, for, they, uh, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore the name of the place was called the valley of Barachak until this day. Why is this so important? Because you and I should never forget God. Sometimes people start to think, wow, look what I did, look what I did, look what I did. No, my friend, God in you brought the victory. Let us never forget to praise him. Why do we have worship and praise? Why do we lift our hands? Why do we sing? Why do we honor God? Why do we come to the altar of our heart before the Lord? Because we want to honor the Lord. We want to take time to give him a place that he deserves. Oh. When you find someone who's humbled themselves before God, they're not interested in the praise of others. They're interested in pointing people to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let's jump over to the New Testament, the book of Acts, chapter 2, for a moment. We all know this as speaking about the day of Pentecost. 
all the things that took place in the upper room together. But it's good that we be reminded in Acts chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse 1. There were 120 people that had gathered together for a prayer meeting. They've been calling out on the Lord, and something began to happen. Now, in verse chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one place. Now, why is this word so important? When the day of Pentecost had fully come, preparation had to take place. Remember, after the resurrection, Jesus was ministering to his disciples for 40 days. Then he went up on the Mount of Transfiguration. He was received up to the Lord, and people went to a prayer meeting for 10 days. 10 days they gathered and called out to God. 10 days they said, Lord, you said we would be empowered to be witnesses into all the world, into all the earth. You gave us the Great Commission. How are we going to do that without a leader? And on the day of Pentecost, when it had fully come, in other words, everything was lined up in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Man, some of you remember when you were a teenage driver? You remember those times you got behind the wheel and your mom and dad said, now, pull into this spot. And you pulled in and you thought, my car isn't going to fit in between here. Now, for you that drive little teenies today, you're standing out. I, I want you to think about a 1976 Lincoln. I want you to think about a car that the hood that went out in front of it was 10 feet and the trunk behind it was 8 you could put all kinds of dead bodies in that trunk and never have a problem. Wait a minute, this being heard on the internet, I didn't confess to anything. You could get in that car and you had all kinds of space. Have you ever looked at the lines in the parking lot and thought to yourself, you know, I can park in here, but I won't be able to get outside of my car. I'm going to have to crawl out the windows. Have they shrunk spots? Do you know they actually have? They have actually shrunk spots, just sort of like when you go into any kind of a theater and they have shrunk the seats down. They think that your bottom is just this little teeny tiny thing. Listen, I've walked behind most of you. Your bottom is not like this. <laughs> behind the same thing, I understand. How do we fit in there? It's sort of like getting on a plane and riding coach. Are we there yet? Yes. Can you cut my food for me? All right. I'll cut yours, you cut mine, feed me over here. We don't fit. A teenage driver starts to learn how to park their car in those spots. If you're not in there right, you have to back up and go forward. You have to back up and go forward. Yeah, but pastor, our car has a camera in the back. So what? Now you can see the people you're going to run over. <laughs> You've got to be accurate. On the day of Pentecost, it was finally the right time. They were in the right slot. Why didn't it happen the day before? Because there was something particular that God wanted to do. On that 50th day, hallelujah, on that 50th day of Pentecost, they had come to in prayer and God started to pour his spirit out. In verse 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave 
utterance. It was the Holy Spirit inside them giving utterance. It was their mouth, it was their lips, it was their voice box, it was an action, but the Spirit gave the utterance that happened. 120, but do you remember back when they were on the Mount of Transfiguration, there was over 500 people? What happened to all the rest of those people? Jesus told all of them to go wait until you have been endued with power, and only 120 did it. I want you to know that even if it looks like you're in the minority at times standing your ground, the best is yet to come. You work for it, you give yourself, you give your energies, your heart for it, and you will receive the blessing of God. Don't quit prematurely. Don't stop prematurely. Well, pastor doesn't seem to understand. I'm in a tough financial situation. I'll never forget years ago, a couple that doesn't live around here any longer, they started coming to church and they heard me teaching about tithing and sharing with their finances. And they came up to me and they said, you know, most places we go to, we hear that. And I think it's just because the church wants our money. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, let's make a deal. Pastor, you made deals with people. I did with this couple. I said, here's what I want you to do. Tell me what your tithe would be. What's 10% of your income? So they told me. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. You bring it in every week, and let's together put it in an envelope with a stamp on it, and we're going to send it down to Earl Roberts in Tulsa. What's that going to do for you? I said, absolutely nothing. But I thought you said, you know, the tithe belongs in the local church. I said, it does. But I want to show you, if you'll be yielded to God, what he will do for you. So for three weeks in a row, they would bring their tithe in an envelope together. We'd put the stamp on it, and then I would have them take it to the post office. I think I was... See, God is not in the business of gimmicks. God's in the business of truth. What happened to them after that third week, they came to me and said, we're no longer going to send our money off to ORU. We've had a change in our finances. Things at first looked like they were going to be out of control and everything was breaking around the house. But we faithfully did what you told us. And I said, I know you did. I've been here while you put it in the envelope. And they said, God has changed our finances around because we chose to honor him. Hallelujah. I had nothing to gain from it. Folks, I don't even know what any of you give. I try to keep it that way because I never want to play favorites. I never want to think, ah, there's Lexi. Whoo, she's a big giver. She works at a hamburger joint. And you know they pay those people big money. Yeah, your tithe must be, oh, $200 a week. Wow. Whole paycheck, wouldn't it? You don't have to confess. You see, what would it, wouldn't it be terrible if I started playing favorites? Oh, she gives this much? Let's give her reserve parking. Let's do this. Let's do that. Oh, Cindy, you know, she doesn't give much. And she's a high-need person. Now, don't any of you go out of here and say, Pastor's talking about people. Uh, she's not a high-need person, and I don't know what she gives. She may give belly button lint. I don't know. <laughs> Just go with me for a moment. Oh, it's Cindy on the phone again? Tell her I'm busy. I'm busy with Lexi. Because <laughs> she gives big... And Cindy just gives belly button lint. Oh, offering. God does not have favorites, but God honors his word. 
God does not have favorites, but God honors his word. You want the blessings to come, be faithful to God. Well, pastor, that's very unfair. I'm leaving, and I'm not going to come back. You'll have to deal with God on that. I'm not telling you anything that's not in the Bible. You want the blessings of God? You find out how to obey them. Jehoshaphat could have said, we've got a big army. Let's win. Come on, guys. We've trained you. Take your swords. Take your spears. Let's go kill us some enemies. Put the praise band out front. Okay, I'll do it. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Boom, boom, boom. The enemy comes against each other and kills each other. Can you imagine the enemy turned on themselves? What kind of chaos could that have been? God has a way of showing you that your enemies are defeated if you honor him. Let's jump ahead over in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Hebrews 13, verse 15. Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. See, I'm not talking a percentage when I'm talking about giving to God. I'm talking about giving from your heart. I want you to give from your heart to God. Let the sacrifice of praise go up to the Lord. When you praise him, you worship him, the power of the anointing breaks loose. If you're fighting any kind of sickness or attack against you, if you're fighting any kind of depression or fear, speak the word and praise the Lord. Well, Father, I praise you for this cancer that you've given me. Wrong. Whoop, 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 whoop. What do you mean? Why is the siren going off? Because God didn't give you the cancer in the first place. Those things are here upon this earth. And God is here because he has redeemed you. So you don't praise him for the problem. You praise him that he has the answer. You praise him that he is the solution for what goes on. Hallelujah, Father. I pray for those kids that are caught up in that gang. Hmm. There's kids that are over here in Diana Courts and East Moline that are part of a gang that are causing some problems. There's kids over here in Loma Linda apartment buildings in Silvis. There's kids, and we could go down and list different areas. The Spring Brook area over in Moline off 12th Avenue. Well, you know, Pastor, those are just bad places. Kids that live there are all going to be bad. I refuse to believe that because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Why should we give up on a generation? Why don't we share Jesus with them and see them get born again? Hallelujah. The other night, Megan's school had a carnival going on, and uh, we had gone over there. They had borrowed our bounce house. We wanted to help support their school. While we're standing there, I see this guy who looks over at me, and I look at him, and I'm thinking, we went to school together. So I walked over to him. We shook hands, exchanged greetings. Haven't seen him since we graduated almost 35 years ago. And as we start talking together, he says, oh, he said, the lady in charge over here, that's my wife. I said, well, our youngest daughter teaches with her. And he goes, you know, I got started late in life. And he said, I still have a child in school here in this grade school. I'm thinking, wow, you're an old geezer and you got a young child. And it wasn't you. He's a month younger than me, so, you know, he's much younger, of course. And as we start to laugh and carry on, I'm thinking to myself, look at the divine connection that happened here. And so as we talk, uh, Megan was asking me about him. I said, our senior year, right before we graduated, born again. 
he started coming to the Bible club we had at school together. Four years, he knelt to Jesus. He was one of the stars on the football team. He was uh, uh, in so many different things, but I would witness, I'd reach out to him and love on him. Finally, before we graduated, he got saved. You know what? He's still saved. He still loves Jesus. Don't you give up on people. Don't you give up just because they don't respond the first time. Love on them because maybe one day their wife will be teaching with your daughter. <laughs> Go on to heaven. Aren't you glad there's Christians in our public schools? Thank God for Christian schools. Thank God for homeschooling, all the other things that are going on out there. But please know this. Every teacher that loves Jesus is a missionary. They're out there doing what God's called them to do. This word that we just read here in verse 15 said, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Praise the Lord for Bolsberg. Praise the Lord for, and list whatever schools are around. Give God the glory. Let's wrap up our time together here in Hebrews and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Would you say it with me? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I know the English is there to help us understand it, but when it says now faith, what a great way to remember that faith is always in the now. Faith is saying, I, I believe it. It's not going to happen one day. It's not maybe going to happen. I believe it is now. Now faith is the substance of the things hoped for. I've got proof. It's in my heart. Have you ever had to say that to somebody? I, I just know. I just know that I know that I know. Where's the physical evidence? I don't see it here in the natural, but I believe. I believe. I have a friend that's a year older than me that was in band with me, and, and he doesn't believe in the Lord. The church that he went to as a little boy in the neighborhood he was in, he would come home as a child and say to his mom, you can't believe the stories they told today. None of it could be true. They talked about a guy who stood in front of water and spoke to it, and the water parted, and the children of Israel walked across on dry land. Man, those are fantastic stories, but I know it's not true. And he carried that same attitude all through life. He still has that attitude today. Those were great stories, but they're just fairy tales to him. It's just like Greek mythology. He doesn't believe. But yet, we witness and we speak to him. We find ways to find opportunities to speak into his life. He's miserable on the inside. He's miserable because he doesn't know Jesus. Faith has not risen up to... Oh, to touch his heart to know that God is real. See, everything with the Lord is by faith. Jesus could appear right here on this stage today, but if he doesn't, I still believe because the word of God tells me so. Now, faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence, the evidence, the truth inside me, the truth, hallelujah, that I believe with all my heart, the evidence of the things not seen. This morning, whatever kind of battle you're in, know this, the battle is the Lord's. The victory is yours if you'll put your faith and trust in God. Worship team, if you'd come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Never, never, never sit back and wonder if what you're doing is right, if you've given it over to God. 
but put your trust in him. Realize you may be the only scripture that somebody's going to read. You're going to be the only person who shares the love of Jesus Christ because God put you in their life. Those children you babysit, the neighbors that are around you, you're the ambassador of God there. The people you work with, you're the ambassador of God. The people in your neighborhood, you're the ambassador of God. Every one of you in the schools and the places that you are, you are the light of the gospel. Now, if your light is small, get ready because God wants to make your light shine. Remember that little song you'd sing, you that were Christians when you were kids? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. If the enemy, if your life, if culture had tried to put a lid on your light today, blow the top off and shine for Jesus Christ. Let's stand up together. Hallelujah, Lord. I that you are raising up world changers. I'm thankful that you're raising up another people that will be just like King Jehoshaphat and all of his citizens. You're raising up a people that will not allow the world to be out of control, to allow someone else to set up our culture. But we, the body of Christ, choose to live for Jesus Christ. We choose to have the Lord exalted. We are no one's Savior, but Jesus is our Savior. So this morning, I'd like to open up the altar. If you've not been bold enough to step out, I invite you today to step out from your seat. This is the safest place you can be. We love Jesus here. And take a moment at this altar, whether to kneel or to stand, and just say to the Lord, I need your help. Nobody at work knows I'm a Christian. Nobody in my neighborhood knows I'm a Christian. I need a strategy so I can pull in the right spot accurately. I want to do what's my job. I want to be a part of the kingdom of God. I want to share what you've done to me with others. If you need that, come on down here right now. If you need healing in your body, we'll be happy to pray over you. If you've never accepted Jesus, you can do that today also. But I believe it's time to be energized. And don't worry what people are going to think about you. Their eyes are going to be closed. It doesn't really matter anyway because we've all blown opportunities. We've all missed it at times that God was giving us the perfect opportunity and we just clammed up or we were scared. We didn't know how to do the right thing. What if we answered wrong? If you're sensing the Holy Spirit to come, I'm telling you that means there's an anointing that's here for you today. It's going to come on you and it will change your life. If you sense him calling, come and join me here at this altar. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.